America, my name is Amiosa Frimpong. I come to you live every Thursday about this time. Today I'm going to talk to you about a little clip from Tucker Carlson I saw, which is actually, it's pretty good. Tucker says like, look, if we had driverless cars that would put truckers out of work, every, every trucker in America out of work, I, and I, I was in political control, there was no way I would let that technology hit the market because the devastation that putting every trucker in America out of work would due to the american economy would be too great i wouldn't it would it would infringe upon the purpose of the nation and and their citizenship right to just put like you know that many millions of people out of work just because we happen to have uh technology that can would be irresponsible use of governing power and sure i might make a pretext about how it's not safety it's about safety and how we haven't actually refined the technology but even if we refine the technology i wouldn't do it and this is what tucker is arguing and uh, and he argues that like yeah I mean I might lie to the people to you know about the pretext but like it would be about protecting their ability to you know work a job that secured their family and their property and let them buy a house and and all of that and like that's that's what the nation's for it's not for like marginal improvements in technology it's for like securing the conditions for you know economic and family and and freedom and property right and there's a sense in which he's not he's not wrong and i'm gonna i'm gonna play the video and then i'm gonna tell you which i'm gonna go in a little bit more detail about how he's right and then go in a little bit of detail about how he's um dangerously dangerously wrong all right and now let me go to the video if if you wake up one morning and you find yourself in a society where 23 year olds with four-year college degrees and like initiative who aren't smoking weed every day if they can't make enough to buy a car much less a home, much less get married, much less have children, then why should you be surprised when half of them say they prefer socialism? Well, I, You I, should not be so surprised. I agree to a certain extent. I think that the, the, the question is when the pedal hits the metal. Like you, you talk in the in book about technology and how it's shifting and taking away jobs from folks. Yes. And you make specific reference to truck driving and the fact yes. that there are going to be these automated cars on the roads. So would you, Tucker Carlson, be in favor of restrictions on the ability of trucking companies to use this sort of technology specifically to, you know, sort of artificially maintain the number of jobs that are available in the trucking industry. Are you joking? In a no. second. In a second. In other words, if I were president, when I say to DOT, Department of Transportation, we're not letting driverless trucks on the road, period. Why? Really simple. Driving for a living is the single most common job for high school educated men in this country, in all 50 states. By the way, that's the same group whose wages have gone down by 11% over the past 30 years. The social cost of eliminating their jobs in a 10-year span, five-year span, 30-year span, is so high that it's not sustainable. So the greater good is protecting your citizens from... Look, Capitalism is the best economic system I can think of, I think that anyone's ever thought of, but that doesn't mean that it's a religion and everything about it is good. No, but, but There's no I, Nicene creed of capitalism that I have to buy into. What I care about is living in a country where you know decent people can live happy lives, actually. And so, no, I would say immediately, no, are you joking? And I maybe would make up some pretext for public consumption, like, oh, they're dangerous. The technology's not quite finessed. No, no, but the truth would be, I don't want to put 10 million men out of work so this, because you're going to have 10 million dead families and the cascading effect from that will wreck your country. So, I 
So I said before, he's not wrong insofar as we need to be very careful about the technology we introduce into our country, just like we have to be very careful about the quality of marketing so it doesn't pollute like the, the, the conditions of citizenship. And there are all these non-political freedoms, freedom to uh, be recognized as a property owner, freedom to be recognized as a member of a family and have special rights over how to determine that family relative to other families and special responsibilities within that family and the freedom to participate in civil society. These are all freedoms that are not quite political. You can, and I have not, I, I have not at all talked about, you know, governance. You can have property rights, you can have family rights and you can have, um, you can have property rights, family rights, you can have civil rights even under an authoritarian regime. There'll be some limits, but you can have these rights under an authoritarian regime. And the, uh, the dictator will secure, this is what you get the CCP and, and, uh, and uh, you know, Putin in, in Russia. And depending on black people living in the American South, we don't really have political self-determination, but we have rights, like attenuated rights under like a regime of white supremacy, right? So you can have non-political rights, family rights, property rights, um, civil rights, and not have political self-determination. In fact, both Locke and Hobbes argue that like that's, that's just fine. In chapter 10 of the second treatise on government, Locke argues that like, look, you can, as long as the government like secures the community's property, pretty much, you can have an oligarchy, you can have a monarchy, you can have a democracy. As long as the community gets its property rights secured, you're fine. Um, and property rights are going to in include family for Locke. But so for Hobbes, it's, it's actually, he prefers a monarchy because the entire purpose of government is to secure these non-political rights. You know, look, a authoritarian government can secure you healthcare, authoritarian government can secure you all sorts of goodies. I was talking to Crystal Ball about this and she's like, look, man, all these petrol states and including not just Saudi Arabia, but all these near petrol states like Venezuela until the arc to the oil market collapsed. And then even China and the CCP, they don't have self-determination. Uh, political self-determination, but they have rights and they have a functional the government that secures, it's not quite a failed state because it f secures them material, right? It secures them the material conditions for their existence and it, like, it can be held accountable to do so. It will do that, right? So if all you care about is your family and all you care about is your property and all you care about is your uh, ability to participate in business, but not really like actually govern, if all you want to do is play basketball but not decide exactly where the three-point line is, then um, an authoritarian regime is just fine. In fact, an authoritarian regime will save you from self-governance, save you from having to share power and other people redesigning the rules, right? So if you're, uh, you know, if, yeah, so, and that's, that's pretty much the game the whites are playing in the United States. Right? They don't want self-governance. They don't want the rules to change. They're kind of just running out the clock and uh, hoping that nothing really changes, but the game keeps playing by, by the, the rules that are, that are set forth as it stands. So it's a very pop, like Tucker Carlson is saying like, look, self-governance is a sham. Self-governance is a sham. And it's not particularly good for the other real freedoms we want, which are freedom for the family, property rights, and you know, civil participation. Right? So you can have a good job, have a family, have a plot of land and property, and not even worry about, and, and then like let governing happening and be very happy.
That's not self-governance, but it is actually a quality of freedom, and that is rather pleasurable. And no small number of people will sell their vote today if it meant they had like secure property, um, secure property, secure families, and uh, a, a place in civil society. They would sell their vote yesterday, right? Like, and that's and the right and the left will do this for different reasons. Liberals or the le liberals left will do it for like healthcare and all these material goodies, and the right will do it for like, all right, I will give you everything you want. I'll let you run the place like an autocrat as long as like, you know, no trans people teach my kids and, um, and my property rights are secured and all of that stuff, right? So you have to understand that there are these non-political freedoms that then are threatened by our political freedoms, right? And for these people who have kind of the content of the structure of governance and culture that they want, they want to get rid they want politics to be a sham because self-determination and progress at the political level would actually threaten their grift right now. Like I said, it's like white people are running out the clock election to election and they just have to be not so flagrant about it. They're like a basketball team with, with two minutes left that are up by six. They're just running out the clock. They're not trying to play basketball. They're trying to run out the clock, continually run out the clock like until like we expire. Right. So um, the politics of self-determination, very few people are actually invested in that. Most people are just invested in keeping the status quo and running out the clock as it stands while kind of gesturing towards some sort of material politics. But you have to understand that real self-determination would always threaten the grift that's going on right now. And how many people want to threaten the grift that's going on right now, really want to threaten that grift? So we've kind of innovated or weakened or hollowed out our politics. And, and a lot of people are very happy about that, especially comfortable liberals and, you know, the, the, the suburban class. They're pretty happy about that because it'll secure them, the families in the way they want their families. It'll secure them protection for their properties from, like, other people who, like, actually have justice claims that need to be politically met. It'll secure the status quo and the content of the status quo. Right, so, um, and so they'll give up political self-determination because that means sharing power with people that they don't want to in order for an authoritarian regime that'll just enforce the traditions as they like it, as they happen to like it, as it happens to work for them. And you have to understand there are all these incentives that once you get the content of government you like and the property and the family and the culture that you like, you have every incentive to destroy the conditions of self-government. And just, and just put in authoritarian ruler after authoritarian ruler or sham progress, progressive ruler after sham progressive ruler. Like once you get the content of the system you like that works for you, doesn't matter how exploit, exploitative it is of everyone else or whether like you have meaningful self-determination within this political self-determination within the system. Once you get the system that protects your non-political freedoms correctly, you have all of these incentives to just undermine actual self-determination and political self-determination because that could actually threaten it is through politics that we define and work out what counts as a family right what counts as a property right what counts as a civil right what we owe each other if you got the distribution of rights and the content of rights you like you want to just explode that process either way either like openly denigrate it or just turn it into a sham 
because you have the content of the non-political right you want, and you don't think that there's much in you, like Hobbes and Locke, don't think that there's much in actual political self-determination. You don't want to ha hash out any differences that might screw up your families or the way that you understand properties or inheritance or anything like that. You don't want, you don't want self, like a na national self-determination because that could threaten the particular shape of the, of the injustice that's securing your privileges as a family member, as a, as a um, um, property owner, as a well, property owner, family member, as you know, your particular variety of Christianity depends on like churches getting a weird kind of nonprofit status that maybe they shouldn't get. And you don't want any sort of like democratic governance that's going to relook and open up the 5013 status through which like you get to express yourself as a charity person and your church doesn't pay taxes, right? So you don't want that. You want to actually undermine any real capacity for political change, right? Even if that capacity for political change means undermining the conditions for self-determination in the nation, political self-determination in the nation, because you have self-determination in all of these other spheres that are secured by authoritarian politics, right? So we could have political self-determination, but that will then jeopardize all of the other non-political um, spheres of self-determination, right? So uh, this is what Tucker's keying in on about like, his idea of protecting citizens means protecting citizens' jobs, protecting their right to, to own property, buy property, protecting their ability to um, you know, raise a family the way they want to, but not like actually them participating in meaningful self-governance. That is not a part of citizenship for him. That's not a part of the American project of promise. That's just something we tell people. And so, like, he has a pretext, and that's why you go back. He talks about the pretext of, like, some sort of sham about how these driverless cars aren't um, safe. But really, I'm going to do it because I want to protect their non-political freedoms. And I don't really care about, the, like, their ability to intelligently participate in the political decision about whether these cars should, these driverless cars should be um, um, put into the market. So I, I think that Tucker Carlson bit is actually it's actually really instructive because both the right and the left in america don't really care about self-determination if they did we wouldn't even have a debate about like whether marianne williamson can debate biden of course she can of course she should be on the bit of course we shouldn't have uncontested primaries of course nancy pelosi should have to debate her challenger and diane feinstein should have had to debate for like she's been adult for a while she should have had to suffer going through like three like three primary debates of course we would have institutions and like a um better support for local press because local press is actually what does a lot of the job in like allowing people the information they need in order to make informed decisions if we actually cared about self-determination, like we would have, we would think of the institution of democracy and the infrastructure necessary for a robust democracy as part of our essential infrastructure. But we don't. We think of uh, the stuff that we have for business as part of our essential infrastructure. And that's why, you know, what it is to be a citizen isn't necessarily to actually meaningfully participate in self-government as much as it is to meaningfully hold property, meaningfully be able to determine your family, meaningfully be able to work in the economy, and meaningfully be able to practice as you'd like. None of which is actually political self-determination.
all of that, what I what I talked about before, can happen under an oligarchy, it can, and it does, and it happen could happen under an authoritarian regime. Um, it could happen under like the rule of special interest. I, the rule of special interest is going to be a problem, but um, I, I I hope the argument has been clear that there are non political freedoms that are actually jeopardized, potentially jeopardized by actually fulfilling the conditions of uh, national self-determination. So once you secure the content of your non-political freedoms, you have a lot of incentives in blowing up the political process and, and calcifying it as it stands and just running out the clock technically. You want to pretend that you're playing basketball, but those last two minutes when you're up by six, you're not actually playing basketball. You're running out the clock. And that is a lot of powers in America. They don't want to actually do democracy. They want to run out the clock in this democracy game, election to election to election, without actually changing the content of, you know, the contestation. They don't want to lose their six-point lead. They'll run out the clock. But... They'll tell you they're playing basketball, but what they're really doing is trying to run out the clock. Because you wouldn't have a basketball game if one team is up by six points and their whole game is keeping the lead uh, for, and running out the clock as opposed to actually like a, a, a contested contest. Right? We'd call that something else. <laughs> We'd call it keep away. We wouldn't call it basketball. Basketball is when people are even in those like contest contests. Right? So the last two minutes of the game where one team is up, that is running out the clock. And we like to call that playing basketball, but really the basketball has happened in the, you know, 46 minutes before that. And in, in democracy, we like to call what we do like participating in democracy, but really with so many fixed primaries, it's actually, we call this democracy, but we're really just running out the clock trying to calcify the content of the family property religious and um civil rights that we have already we're not trying to improve upon them or contest them because that would threaten the people who are already kind of ahead and they just want to run out the clock so they give you the sham that like yeah we're in a democracy but really they're just running out the clock waiting through the flare-up every now and then we get democracy flare-up where some people actually start actually taking self-government seriously but like they just kind of want to withstand the flare-up and go back to running out the clock. All right. Thank you for your time. I hope you've enjoyed. By the way, you're not going to get this quality of political wisdom everywhere. And I try to do, you know, something for the people, for the culture. So if you appreciate what I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademics.com. Kick in $5, $15, or $50 a month. And help me, uh, you know, and send, spend this to your friends. Show this in your class. Have the discussion. Go to read the treatise. Uh, Second Treatise of Government, Chapter 10, where Locke says, like, look, oligarchy, democracy, whatever, it doesn't really matter because what we're looking for is a community, this, uh, a, a form of government that will sustain the community order of property rights. Um, and it doesn't really matter how the government and how responsive the government is to, like, the will of the people in that way. It just matters that the government will adjudicate property, um, property rights in kind of a regular orderly manner. And it doesn't matter if, and like Hobbes, who a lot of us, you know, especially libertarians kind of take seriously, like he's, he, he wants a monarchy because the purpose of government is to secure 
is to create and secure like non-political rights right so like you can do that under a monarchy you can have like i mean there's a, even a hobbes argument for like healthcare and all these other things you can have universal goods under an authoritarian regime you can have like great goods you can have housing security, you can have government, uh, gas subsidies, you can have, you know, depending on who you talk to, a, a, a lefty kind of socialist um, dream under an authoritarian regime that just hands out goodies. Look at like Qatar and, and Saudi Arabia. So um, you just leave the governing up to them and they'll secure all of the other aspects of, of your life. So I want you to kind of think about why we're so willing, even in the U.S., to give up self-determination or think that it's not that big of a deal as long as the authoritarian government or the oligarchy or whatever secures our non-political rights. Um, thank you for your time, and I will talk to you next week. Please, go to funkyacademic.com, kick in $5, $15, $50 a month. I'm giving you guys a service. Bye.